Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesueur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning. Hey, I am so excited to be here. I love Sunday, Sunday. A, I love ice cream. The Lang fam loves ice cream so much. We used to own an ice cream shop. We eat a lot of ice cream. And I love sharing it with you. So today, Sunday, Sunday, I get to share ice cream Sundays with you, and, uh, and I hope you enjoy. The kids will have a great time on, on the uh, obstacle course, the inflatable obstacle course. Uh, you know, if you, if you ask your parent really, really nicely, maybe they will race you through there, and, uh, and we'll see who wins. It, it's going to be a ton of fun. We're also kicking off our new series called Together uh, today, as we are going to spend a few weeks in the book of Colossians. Why? Well, I mean... We tell you all the time, once, 10 times a Sunday, you are loved. And we never get tired of it. We never get tired of telling you. And to be honest with you, it's one of those things that we tell you frequently and repeatedly because, uh, A, I never get tired of being told that by, by somebody who loves me that they love me. At the same time, sometimes I really feel like we need like these regular reminders on things because the truth is we don't always feel very lovable. Unfortunately, the truth is we don't even always feel very loved. And a lot of times it's pretty easy for us to feel lonely and alone, even if you're right here in the middle of, you know, this room, or maybe you're online and you're sitting with your family, and, you know, it's super easy for us to feel alone because we have this tendency to not look at ourselves the way God looks at us, but to be judgmental and critical. And as, as, as we kind of check out like what's happening in the world and what's happening in our society, what's happening with us, the truth is we need regular reminders to tell us that we are loved and we need some regular reminders that we are not alone, that we were created to be together. And that's what our new series is about. Um, I'm going to ask Sue if she got something that I sent her and if, if she did. If I wait, I will definitely wait. So, um, I, I sent Sue something a little bit late. And so Sue, being just absolutely awesome, is just like crushing it to get it up on the screen for me. Um, when, in a world that uh, kind of gets a little funky about loneliness... I think the, the, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, which is known as uh, Colossians in your Bibles, is a great place to encourage us that, um, that you are enough. 
and that God is the one who makes you enough. And it is God's the one who, who makes, takes the responsibility for his relationship with us. And that we're not alone, but he wants to be together with us in a relationship. And the book of Colossians is really cool because it was written to a small church in a small town. As a matter of fact, Colossae was, uh, was such a small town that when times got hard, the entire you know, town disappeared off the face of the earth. Archaeologists even had a really hard time finding it. They knew it was somewhere near Laodicea, which in, you know, today would be kind of in, um, in Turkey, like, kind of like southeast Turkey, you know? And, um, and it would have been like just directly east from Ephesus, you know, if any of you is like, oh, sure. Thanks, Pastor Jay. Now I know exactly where it is. <laughs> so if you think of like, if you think of like Turkey kind of being down here, Ephesus is kind of over here, almost on the coast, and then just go east. You'll hit Laodicea, keep going east, and if you blink, you'll miss it. That's where Colossae is. And it's this tiny little town. And it's a tiny little church in a tiny little town. And Paul, the Apostle Paul didn't even plant it. You know, the Apostle Paul had a tendency to go to, you know, lar larger towns and stuff like that. You know, and, and he didn't even plant it, but he heard. He heard about these people. He heard about this church. And he's man, I have heard about your faith. And I'm just writing this letter to encourage you. And the other thing that Paul heard is that Paul heard that they, there was some discouragement happening. You hear things, and there were so many different teachers coming in, and they were sharing so many different things. As a matter of fact, some of, the, some of what they were being taught was heresy. It was wrong. Some of it focused on being really judgmental. And so the church was really tempted to kind of be judgmental and kind of do like a, you know, you got to obey, you know, the Jewish law plus Jesus for salvation. And then other people were teaching them, no, 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 it doesn't matter what you live like. It doesn't matter what you live like. Yeah, you just believe in Jesus and it's only the spiritual stuff that matters anyways. And so in the, in the face of all of this conflict and misunderstanding, the Apostle Paul hears about this church, and he's like, I have got to write you a letter. The Apostle Paul is in, the, in prison at the time, but he takes time out of his busy schedule in prison <laughs> to write a letter to a small church in a small town that's seemingly in, insignificant. But those people are really important. Those people are really important to Jesus, to his kingdom. Sue, you got it? Cool. All right. So um, a couple of weeks ago, someone, uh, someone at church, and I, you know, this is my, this is my wife, Heidi. Uh, some, a couple of weeks ago, someone at, at church asked me a very honest question, and I, and I love her. I hadn't even thought about what's going on. And they said, hey, why doesn't your family come to church anymore? And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, like your wife and like your kids, why don't they come to church anymore? And I'm like, oh. I should probably update everybody on my family a little bit, you know, so that everybody's not like looking around like, I don't know what happened with Pastor Jay, but he must have said something really stupid. 
<laughs> no, that's why, that's why my wife Heidi, you'll see her sometimes. She's not, she's not here today. Heidi's recovering from uh, hip surgery. And so, um, you know, so as she recovers, she's, she's not leaving for long periods of time. She's, not, she's on crutches and not allowed to put any weight on her leg and blah, 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 you know. Uh, so you can continue to pray for Heidi. would really appreciate it. And then this summer, uh, all my kids left. No, seriously, they all left. You know, in, uh, in, in May, my, my daughter Becca and her husband Isaac moved out to Virginia. And then in, uh, also at the end of May, my son Doug moved out to Vail, Colorado. And then in August, my daughter, um, my daughter Kat moved back down to Phoenix. And then my daughter Bree moved out to northern Minnesota. And so it is Heidi and I and uh, Heidi's dad, Russ, who lives with us. And, um, and so just to explain, hey, if you are wondering... Why is his family not going to church? Now you know why. My daughter Becca, when she was really little, uh, I'm, like before, you know, before anybody else was born, before Doug was born, before, you know, before Kat was born, before Bree was born, before anybody was born, um, I heard her praying one time. You see, Becca is very, was very active. She still is very active. And she's just, she's outgoing. And, um, and I think she just got bored playing with me. She really, you know, like she's a little kid and she's like, Dad, you're really not that much fun. Uh, so, I'm, uh, so I was bopping up to her room and, uh, and I stood outside the door because I heard her praying. And I was like, oh, man, there's not a lot of things that like warms the dad's heart than like coming up to hear your kid praying She's praying, and she says, I love you, Jesus, but it's really boring. I just wish you could come out of my heart so we could play together. From our earliest years, we have a yearning, a need to be together. And God puts that in our lives because he wants to be together with us too. It's not just that you want to be together with your friends or with your family and stuff like that. And, and I, I miss my family. They're scattered all over, you know, the country right now. And yes, they are in some great locations for visiting. But man, I don't even know when I'm going to get to see them next. And I, I miss being with them. And, and, and God's the one who puts that, that desire to be together in us. He creates that in us. And, the, his, you know, and part of that desire to be together is his desire to be together with us. And that brings us to Colossians. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. If not, no worries. It's right up here. Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9, reading in Jesus' name, because it's God's word, not mine. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, 
bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might and all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you and me, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." Here ends the reading of God's word. You ever wonder what somebody's thinking of when they look at you? You ever wonder, you know, you get like you catch that look on somebody's face like, man, I, I wonder what they're thinking. Or maybe you're wondering like, you know, like you, you, you look across the table, at your, you know, your spouse, your family, your kids, especially your kids, as they're looking at you like, This is actually my favorite one. You ready? That's my favorite one. I, I, occasionally, I wonder, like, what are you thinking? When you're looking at me, when you're like, you know, like, what are you thinking? Have you ever wondered what God is thinking when he looks at you? Have you ever just, like, stopped and just, I know this is kind of like, like big, huge huge question. When God looks at you and he knows you by name, no matter where you're at with God, no, you know, no matter what you're, if you're, you know, been believing in, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for a long time, maybe, you, maybe you're just getting to know God right now, maybe you have no idea where you're at with God and you're like, I don't even know, I'm just here. Regardless of where you're at in your relationship with God, and you stop and think, what is God thinking when he looks at me? Me. Because you know he sees you perfectly. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows about what you've done and not done. He knows about what you've said and not said. Yes, even that thing to that person. Yes, he knows that. He knows what you're thinking, even as you have edited yourself and those words didn't come out of your mouth. 
He knows those too. What is God thinking when he looks at you? Well, the one way that you can know about what God is thinking of you is that if you're believing in Jesus Christ, when God looks at you, it says that he is fully pleased. Fully pleased. He is so happy when he looks at you. If, you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are even just have a little bit of faith in Jesus, that Jesus is your Savior, when God looks at you, he is like overwhelmingly happy, fully pleased. And we're talking about God. So like fully for God is like way bigger than like fully for me. Fully, I'm a small person, you know, I, it doesn't take a lot for, to fill me up. But God, I mean, we're talking, he's huge, he's awesome, he's infinite. And when God looks at you, when God looks at you, he's fully pleased. There's a lot of looks out the, on the faces out there like, I don't know, Pastor Jang. Not too sure about that. He goes on to say that, you know, that he's fully pleased as we walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And then you can, might be saying, ah, there's the hook. There's the conditional clause. Walk in a manner worthy. What are we talking about? Like really perfect posture? I don't have perfect posture. No, no, no. We're not talking about posture. We're talking about, I know you thought that was funny. <laughs> no, we're not talking about posture. We're talking about the way in which we live. And so you say to yourself, okay, so do I have to live a perfect life? Do I have to do everything right so that God will look at me and be like fully pleased? Well, he tells us exactly what it takes to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So if you want to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, this is how it happens. First thing you get is you get strengthened with all power from God's might. He's the one who strengthens you. Because you might be saying, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I could do that whole walk in, in a manner worthy. I don't know. That sounds pretty tough. Don't worry. God strengthens you. Not only that, but... God gives you, according to his glorious might, all of the endurance that you need and all the patience. And I'm not talking like the patience that comes from yourself, that has a limit, like I have lost my patience. No, not that patience. It's patience that comes with joy. That's like God patience, not like J patience. J patience doesn't always come with joy. God patience comes with joy. And it leads us to being, to giving thanks to God the Father and, and because he's the one who qualifies us to be taken up into heaven. And so if you ever wonder, what, what does God see when he looks at us? He looks at you as believers in Jesus Christ. He looks at you and he's like, man, I am so happy with you. I am so happy with you. You're doing this awesome let me give you the strength that you need. Let me give you the endurance that you need. Let me give you the patience that you need, plus this joy to go along with it. And, and it's all because of what Jesus has done for us. He is the image of the invisible God. So if you say to yourself, okay, what does God see when he looks at us? 
Well, here's the other thing. What do you see when you look at God? When you're looking at God and you're kind of thinking, you know, like, what's God look like? You know, is he just like some old dude sitting on a cloud with a big old beard of a certain color? What does God look like? If you ever wondered what God looks like, this tells you exactly what he looks like. If you want to know what God's like, you look at Jesus. Because Jesus is the image of the invisible God. We can't see God and live. It's, you know, like God is way too holy. And until we get to heaven and we're, you know, all of our sin is taken away, we would just be toast. We'd just be toast. So if we want to know what God's like, if we want to see him face to face, we, we take a look at Jesus and we want to see what he, you know, what he, his character is like. We look at Jesus and we want to see what he, what he would do. We look at Jesus and we want to see what Jesus, what God loves. Um, we look at Jesus. And as we look at Jesus, we see that he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn of all creation. No, we are not talking about birth order here. You know, like, oh, you're a firstborn. Thanks, Jesus. Great. You do everything perfect. That was a joke. I mean, he does do everything perfect. He really is the firstborn. But he's the, he's the greatest. We're not talking about his birth order because Jesus, the Son of God, has always existed. It's not like he just came into existence when he was, you know, took on the body of a baby. Jesus is the Son of God who has always existed, and he is the greatest. Hebrews 1, 3 tells us a little bit about Jesus, that he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. When we take a look at Jesus, that's who Jesus is. And seeing who Jesus is helps us to understand how God looks at us. Jesus is number one. He's the beginning. He is the first to, to be resurrected to all new life. He is preeminent. He is surpassing all others. He is the best. He is the greatest. Jesus is foremost and Jesus is the finest. Jesus is exceptional, supreme, superior to all others. Jesus is incomparable. He is matchless, peerless. Jesus is transcendent. Jesus is the Son of God, and if we ever wonder what God is really like, we look at Jesus, and we realize how Jesus looked at people, and that's how Jesus sees you. He loved and forgave sinners, and that's great news for us because we're all a bunch of selfish little sinners who need forgiveness. And that forgiveness is received as a gift by grace through faith. Yeah, because all of us at one point in time had a bad relationship with God. And sometimes... We take that bad relationship and we extend it to the other people in our lives. So for the next few weeks, we're going to talk a little bit about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And I want to encourage you 
because of who Jesus is and what he's done for you when he died on the cross and shed his blood for you, he restores our relationship to God. He makes our relationship to God perfect. And God looks at you fully pleased, totally happy. Yes, right now, if, as you are believing in Jesus Christ, even if it's just a little bit of faith, God looks at you super happy about who you are. And he has hope. He has hope for his relationship with you. He has hope for your life and, and transforming your life. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. God's transformation of how you see yourself, of how you interact with each other, and how Jesus brings us together into what he's doing. Let's pray. Lord God, I, I don't always feel very lovable. I don't always feel loved. And sometimes, God, I just, I think about you and I, and I cringe because I'm like, I, you know, I just think about what I've done and what I've thought and what I've said, and I, and, I, and I don't want anybody to see that. But you see me perfectly. And even when I, when we are guilty, you look at us, and for each and every one who believes in you, you see us in Christ, in what Jesus has done for you, that you see us fully forgiven and you are totally pleased with us. That's more than I can say about our parents. It's more than I can say about our teachers. It's more than I can say about our friends because we seem to disappoint everyone in our lives, even ourselves. But you, because of what your son did for us when he died for us on the cross, you look at us, and you are fully pleased. You are so happy, and you have hope for us. Lord, remind us over and over and over again that you love us, and that you want to be together with us because of what your son, Jesus Christ, did for us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.